0: the second part of our message a kingdom heart that we began last Sunday hallelujah and today is the second part of it if you are not here last Sunday please get the message for kingdom heart part 1 but today we are going to part 2 and let's go to Matthew 6:19 to 21 Matthew 6:19 to 21 a kingdom heart Now pay attention, please. Say in the name of Jesus, Jesus. I open my heart heart to receive the word of God. God. My heart is a good soil soil. to receive the seed of the word. word. I believe the word. word. I'm a doer of the word word. word. and not a hearer only. only. Holy Spirit of God, teach me Amen. Amen. Now, you know, you can't go to sleep and expect him to teach you. He's not going to teach you in dreams. This is a wake up, a place to be awake. Amen. So be awake. That's what it takes, church. Listen, it takes aggressiveness. You know, I think in terms of this, I didn't come here just to throw some words around. I'm prepared. I have the word for you. But you know what is going to happen on your part? You're going to work. You're going to pay attention. You may be so focused until someone may pass, you know, may be standing, uh, wanting to stand just beside you, and you can't even pay attention to them. Because the living word of God has the power to change you. Church, we, we have to stop just coming to church for the sake of coming in. Receive the word of God by faith and, 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 and believe God to teach you and to speak to you and change you, amen. amen. Now I'll, I'll tell you this: If you can't overcome sleep, how do you overcome the devil? Who can? I mean, can you just think about that. If a little imp of slumber makes you fall, what can you do to the devil? Say, sleep, no! I have authority. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, Matthew 6, let's go into that scripture together. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where, let's say that together. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can we say it together? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, I'll say this way, and I'm going to say in different ways. In other words, you find my treasure, you'll find my heart. You find my treasure. You have found my heart. So then, having, having said that, then God says this, don't, don't lay it. Don't lay up your treasure on earth, but lay it up in heaven. In other words, listen this, so that your heart may be in heaven. And what is the heart? Remember, it's the core of your existence. This is your existence, actually, is your heart. It's the core of your existence. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's the core of your existence. So God says, I want you to lay up treasures in heaven so that where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now look at this then. On the earth, we have what? He says there, we have moth, we have rust, and we have who? Thieves. How many know that thieves don't make it to heaven? Huh? There's no mugging in heaven. Can you imagine you'll be mugged in heaven? You can't. There's no thief in heaven. The Thieves don't be there. Listen this. Then on the earth means the enemy can touch your treasures. If you lay them up, on earth, then on the earth he do what? He can touch them. That means what? If he touches your treasures, then he's touched what? Don't forget that. If he touches your treasures, then he can touch what? So God says here, look at this. God is saying this, I want to protect your heart. It's a call of your existence. Because if you lay up treasures on earth. Then you are authorizing the enemy. To touch your treasures. And if he can touch your treasures. He will touch your heart. And the heart. Our hearts. Are supposed to be influenced by God. Alone. You see that. You see the connection. But he says this. If we can. Let's, let's see a scripture that we looked at. Uh, then uh, in, uh, in Proverbs 4.23, we looked at this scripture last, last, week, last Sunday from the Amplified Bible. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. Come on then. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And what is the next statement? And above all. all above all that you God above all that you God for out of which flow the spring the springs of life so it's uh, above all you God in other words God says if the word of God says above all that you God then it means the heart God has given you is the most important thing in your life. Hallelujah. Above all, you God. So he says, then, what is happening? If I really guard my heart, if I really know the importance of my heart, then the first thing I will obey him and I will lay up treasures where? In heaven, so that where my treasure is, there shall it be what? My heart, and by doing that, I'm guarding my heart against moth, rust, and thieves. Do you know what that means, More than rust? About moth and rust. Do you know what that means? It means this: it's the corruption. The corruption. I know when you say corruption here in Kenya, we know this. This yes, corrupt, corrupt. Corruption. Think about this: anything that erodes, you know, it can be. Anything that destroys. In other words, the the, the, the corruption actually is perverts justice. So so if I guard my heart with all vigilance and above all that I guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. In other words, he's saying this. If I put my treasure in heaven, that's where my heart shall be, then what is happening actually, this is a way to guard my heart. We'll go next week and probably if we have time, let's go over there. If you can open, please, let's go to Psalm 112. Let's look at some scriptures over here. Again, if I don't finish, you'll be coming to church next Sunday anyway. So, it's not what a deal. Sundays you come to church. Yeah, so you'll come again next Sunday with your good heart to receive the word of God. Amen. Okay, look at Psalm 112. Let me make some statements over there. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights what? Greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Whose house? That's the righteous man. And his righteousness endures forever. Come on. That's good, yeah? Wealth and riches. Do you like those words? Yes. I like them. I don't know about you. Wealth and riches. Not broken poor. Amen. Let's go to the next one. And to the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious. You are going to look what I did last next week. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. What follows the next? A good man deals graciously and does what? Lends. He will guide his affairs with the discretion. Surely, that's a place to shout right there. Surely, he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. And then he says this, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. Why is that so? His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Yeah, that, that's a that's cure. He, he has his treasure in God and he has his heart in God. So in the time of crisis, whatever it is, his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. He will not be shaken. His heart is established and what will comes next, he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Is that all? All right, we'll we'll see next week on some things. But I wanted to see something there. Go back to the scripture about his heart. Is it uh, verse, verse, his heart is established, he will not be afraid. The other one, verse 7, it says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. One of the ways of laying up treasures in heaven, listen, it's not a suggestion, it's a command. That means when I am obeying it, I am obeying God and I'm trusting him. And because I can trust in him, then I will not be afraid of evil tidings. Because my heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Now look at this then. You see the connection there? So when, he, when he's saying here, you, your treasure is in heaven, he's saying, I want your heart in heaven. God wants us to trust him with our treasures, hence our hearts. We're trusting him with the treasures. And remember, he says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he says this, you're trusting me with your heart. If you can trust me with your treasures, you trust me with your heart. And I'm going to show you some things. Today we are going to look at some of the things that will happen in your life when you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Some of the things that will happen in your life when you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. And then next week, most likely forget to finish this today. Next week we'll go into how to lay up treasures in heaven. Amen. That's good. That's a good teacher. My goodness. That's 10 out of 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Now now look at this. What will happen if you lay up a, what will happen in your life, when you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven? One, I have seven things I'm going to say about. It. You develop heavenly perspective. You develop heavenly perspective. Don't ever, ever accept a lie. When you are here, people say that. You are heavenly-minded until it is of no earthly use. No, the more you become heavenly-minded, the greater you become of earthly use. That's a lie. So you become, you will have heavenly perspective. You develop heavenly perspective. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, from the Amplified Classic Bible. Look at it then. You develop heavenly perspective. He says this. If then you have been raised with Christ. Have you? If you are born again, that's what the Bible says. We've been raised raised with Christ. If then you've been raised with Christ to a new life. woo! That's good right there. That's sharing his resurrection from the dead. What do you do next? Aim what? And seek the rich eternal treasures. Aim at. What is your aim? I'm aiming and seeking the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he says this, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. Not on the things that are on the earth. Set your mind and keep them set on what is above the higher things. Not on the things that are on the earth. So you will develop what? A heavenly perspective. Because he's talking about seeking things that the rich treasures in verse 1. He says, uh, he talks about uh, in verse 1 of this, uh, he talks of uh, Uh, The rich, I'm setting my eyes over there until it comes. Talking about aim and seek, the what? The rich, eternal treasures. So you have a different perspective. I'm going to show you some things regarding that. That's one thing that will happen in your life. You you develop a heavenly perspective. Let me say the second thing what will happen? You become heavenly influenced. You become heavenly influenced. You, you remember like what, what uh, uh, Brother Andrew was talking about of Jesus in John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Actually, what he was saying, remember he said this. I don't do anything except this, that which I do what? I see my father do. This is what he says. What I'm doing is heavenly influence upon my life. Wow, I want that. Did he get results? Yes. Or the, the, the lame healed, or the deaf hearing, and, and, and on and on and on. Yes. In, in other words, he says, look at it. If you are talking of it in our vernacular, now we are saying this. Jesus is saying this. Actually, what I'm doing, what you're seeing manifesting, is heaven influencing me. These are the results you are seeing. This is heaven influencing my life. And then why is that so? That's where my heart is at. He says, I don't do anything except that which I hear my father say and see my father doing. That's what I do. In other words, whatever I'm doing, I'm not withdrawing from earthly perspective. I have brought you a heavenly perspective. That, it, that it may influence your life, influence your finances, influence your marriage, influence your business, influence you in every place you go. This is what I want you to do, to influence your heart with the heavenly thoughts. I want that. Amen? I want that. And he says what? When you are treasured, he says your heart will be also. So God says, I want to influence you. Remember when he got the two fish and five loaves? What did he do? He didn't look down around the disciples. He looked up. He looked up. He said this, this is my source. Father, you are my source. He looked up. Why? His influence was heavenly. That's where yours and my influence should be. Let's read a scripture regarding that in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, what we call Lord's Prayer. Uh, it says, it's in this manner, therefore pray, what does it begin with? Our Father where? Come on. This is my source. My Father in heaven. Why is that so? That's where my treasure is at. That's where my heart is at. In a time of crisis or whatever I'm going through, my fast. My first response is to look up to God because that's where my treasure is at. That's where my heart is at. My heart is fixed on him. Not my big uncle. Or my sister. You see that? I want that. Would you want that? You know your sister, you can give and give at some point, they tell you, you realize they met with another sister. You know, during Christmas and maybe you didn't get to travel and they talked about you. How throughout the year your texts were, give, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me something. Why? They get fed up. But there is one place. Hallelujah. There is one place. If you trust and you store up treasures there, they will never tell you, over, over, your request is too much. In fact, the more you go there by faith, the more you know him. The more you know his ways. He made his ways known to Moses and his what? His works to the children of of Israel. You get to know his ways. And he influences you. And listen, his ways becomes your ways. I'm preaching good than you are saying amen right now. Now look at this then. So he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be on him. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on other cities in heaven. Church, do you think, people think like, your kingdom come, your will be done on other cities in heaven. People think like, oh, something will just be falling from heaven. No. Do you know what actually is? The kingdom of God is. Jesus said this, he told, told the disciples, and this is the manifestation of it right now. He says, the kingdom of God is within you. Who's supposed to manifest the kingdom of God here on this earth? Of course, there is, there is the eternal one, which is a new heaven and new earth, but who are supposed to manifest the church? Amen. And he can't manifest, the church cannot manifest if their heart is their treasures not in God, meaning they are not, their hearts are not in God, but as church becomes heavenly-minded, they are influenced by heaven to manifest His glory. To manifest His glory. What is the first thing happens if, if sickness comes upon you? What is the first thing? What is the first thought? Is it uh, in your, on your phone you've saved a, a, a? Doctor. Now that that's, these are the most, the topmost people that you call when in a crisis is doctor. Remember that that shows your priority. Nothing wrong wrong with setting, you know, setting having your your the doctors there on you know the, the first one. Nothing wrong with that. But is your faith in that? Because you know, doctors come to a place, and tell you there's nothing we can do. You've ever had believers say that, uh, you know, the doctors still told me there's nothing they can do. Now it's time to pray. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're supposed to be praying before the doctor's ever said anything. Now, now, people, you are forming a group on WhatsApp. It's time to pray. Let's bombard the heaven with the prayers. Who told you the doors are locked? Well, if say, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hey, that's not the time. First thing I needed to have been asking the Lord and inquiring, God, what am I supposed to do? So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Listen, the heart of a believer re- receives the will of heaven and it manifests here on this earth. And then he says what? Let's go. The next one, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as you forgive our debtors. And then says, and do not lead us into temptation, but leave us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. There is no greater kingdom than that church. Let's go to John 16 and show how God will influence. Remember, I'm saying the first one, I say you develop heavenly perspective. The second one, you become heavenly influenced. That's what you're looking at. In Matthew chapter, in John chapter 16, look at verse 13. Look at heaven influence there. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come. Now, when we give our life to Christ, he comes inside of us and we get baptized with the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth who's called the Holy Spirit is in us. He will do what? He will guide you into all truth For he will not speak on his own authority. Stop right there. He will not speak of his own authority. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not saying his own words. What is he doing? But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Where is he hearing that from? He is hearing from the Father. Where is the Father? Remember, we read Matthew 6. Our Father, which is in heaven. He says, I have your heart. I have your treasure. I have your heart. I can influence you. One thought from heaven will change your life forever. One thought from heaven. You may be in a situation right now, in your business, and in your life, in your marriage, and you feel like this is it. It's not when you receive from heaven. I like saying it this way, that which is black and white becomes full color. The original HD is from heaven. There's no black and white TVs in heaven. Everything is full color. There's no season that there's dryness in heaven like this grass out here. True green is in heaven, church. Amen, I mean, oh my goodness. The brightness, the rainbow, the clarity in heaven, you can't miss it. You can't compare the two places. I had a certain mama, She, she went through a lot. so. You know, and she went to the US recently. <laughs> and I called her I asked her, So mama, how is it over there? Can you compare it with here? He says there's no comparison. <laughs> she said, I thought, Thank God that's not heaven. But I know why she was saying that is because of some things that she had gone through here. And I mean, look like the, her life was coming to an end and God opened a door for her, so she's over there. She says there's no comparison. And the next statement she says is, now if I want to send you something, do you have a number? I say, sure, I like those things. <laughs> <laughs> I say immediately I hang up, I'm sending you that number. <laughs> Glory be to God. But this. Just think about that. There's no comparison between heaven and earth. Matthew 16, 13. Let's go to the next scripture there. He will glorify me. Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. Listen to what happens, church. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Other versions say, he will take of what is mine and show it to you. He will take it out what is mine and reveal it to you. Let me show you something over here. What do you th- how do you think heaven things are transferred to earth? They come through the spirit and they come through words. They come through words. You know, the Bible says when you bring in our tithes and offerings before the Lord, we place it, you know, like we do here. Uh, have you ever seen like some, some money coming from heaven right over here? Do you think they have any currency in heaven? Like we know, currency or Kenya shillings? No. They don't have. But listen to this. The influence comes in through words you start. You open up yourself to receive words of heaven. To receive heavenly ideas. You have a source. The Bible talks of the wisdom of God is Infinite. His understanding is unsearchable. You you access that kind of understanding God wants you to have. You have not seen anything yet. If you think this is a glorious life you're living, God says this, let me have your heart. Let me have your treasure. Let me have your heart. And I will show you things that you could have never ever imagined for me doing in your life. Now look at this Then, uh, The first one is what? Some of the things that will happen in your life when you lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. The first one is what? The second one? You become heavenly influence. The, the third one, you become eternity minded. Eternity minded. Now that's big church right over there. In other words, you look. You look at life beyond the flesh. You'll have an understanding of doing things which have eternal value. Look at life, in other words, you look at life beyond the flesh. You become eternity minded and you'll have an understanding of doing things with eternal value. Let me give you an example. You know, if I, I have eternal, I'm eternal minded. Or eternity minded. I want to do things to hide from men. As long as men are not seeing me, I'm fine. I can come to church and shout, praise the Lord, but they know I'm doing, you know, I have a, a lifestyle. I have my brother who calls them submarine kind of Christian. <laughs> not a submarine. is no, During the weekday, they, they, are, they are under. Under the water. You know what submarine is? And then on Sundays, they come up now. Over there. That's when you see them on Sundays. They have another lifestyle. They have two lives. If one is eternal, eternity-minded, you know everything I'm doing here. God is seeing me. God knows me. So I can, I can do anything to hide from you. I come here preach on Sunday, you know, and on and on. And in the week, I'm doing whatever I do against, you know, towards my wife, or commit adultery, steal from the church. And then I say, praise the Lord in church. God is working. Hallelujah. People sometimes, hallelujah, God is working. No, don't, don't do us those things. <laughs> what do I want? What? I have eternity minded. I know whatever I do has consequences. If there any person that I fear, it's God. That's the one I reverence. I'll have no two lives. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I, I won't be corrupting myself in the week and, you know, just, you know, in the office and say, you know, you drop this uh, money into my account, but, you know, just, just keep it, you know, I'm, I'm born again. In church, they know I'm born again. I don't want that kind of life. I'll stay right here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's the, the the Bible calls such people short short sighted. Right. I remember the Lord telling me this uh, before I got uh, before he got married. Tina he told me this that remember she is my daughter. Now you know that's, that's not him saying smiling. If our father in law is great, he's powerful. And he's reminding you in a meeting that, remember, she's my daughter. You know what that means. Huh? You have a powerful father-in-law, and he's reminding you of a meeting, and, but he shook his hand you know, and say, you remember, your, my, the, she's my daughter. Your wife is my daughter. Uh, you just say, yes, sir. You know what that means. Don't mess around. So, if I have just earthly mentality, I can do anything to mistreat her and go commit adultery and fornicate and just don't care because uh, as long as she's not finding out, I'm deleting texts immediately. I receive them. You've seen people that they never receive calls around other people? (laughs) Huh? You ever seen such people? you have your phone over here? You're okay, you don't have anyone with a phone. I mean, oh yeah, it's right over here. You ever seen people like, you know, that the phone rings? You heard it ringing, but then they look at it. And then they're looking at it, they're moving away. <laughs> and then say, so, Hello, 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 they they've moved so much away. Hello, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we heard you, we knew what there's something that you never pick up your phone where your wife is at. As if, thank you. As if God is blind. So you see that that's 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 the kind of a person they are blinded. There's one time church when everything we've ever done in the flesh, mm. that which you have never repented, will be so open. Sure. Right. Think about this. If we came here next Sunday in church and you all of a sudden you re, you see like many many you remember that that thing over here right over there there's a big board white shiny and every thought you think is being coming is coming over there and your name we need and your picture <laughs> just from from every single thought hey you'll realize people are going out quickly and we'll put we'll make sure we'll have police armed right over there to (laughs) keep people in charge. And at some point you think like, he's taking too long. That man can talk. He's small, but he can really talk. You see it over there. (laughs) What did he do? Hey, there's one day coming. So if I have a heavenly perspective, if I have an a mind that things I think of of eternity minded, I'm looking at things beyond the flesh, then I'll be careful of how to live. I want to please him. I'll have an understanding of doing things with eternal value. The Bible says in, in Colossians chapter 3, whatever I do, I do it what? Heartly ascend to the Lord. That's eternity minded. Let's go to the scripture there now. In, um, in Luke 16 to emphasize on a point of having an understanding of doing things with eternal value. Luke 16, let's look at it from verse 1. Pay attention to this. I remember weeks ago, Deacon y- Yvonne shared with us in the Tires and Offering, but just pay attention. Learning is just pay attention to the scripture. It says this, He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be a steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. Look at the next scripture. So he called everyone of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write what? Fifty. In other words, let me give you some. You see that? If you own 100, I'll make sure that you you pay 50. All right? Is that his money? No, it is steward's money. But look at this then. And then he says, uh, then he said to another, how much do you owe? So he said 100 measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commanded the unjust steward, because he had dealt shrewdly. All right? For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. All right? Now Jesus is coming over there. Remember he had been g- telling them the story, really of a certain man, and then he comes here and he makes that statement. And then look at verse nine. Now remember, now he's talking. To his disciples. He is in talking in the context, not out of context. You see that? So he says this. I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon or riches, that when you fail, it's written there actually, but in some versions, which I do believe with those versions more, is this. When your life has come to an end. When your life has come to an end. What does he say? They may receive you into an everlasting home. He has removed the shift. I mean, he has shifted from this steward. He's given the parable, but he's moved from the steward now to his disciples that whatever you have and as an earthly possession, make sure you are using it with the mindset of an eternal value. Amen. Amen. Where is everlasting home? Have you ever gone to your up country and say, "This is my everlasting home"? <laughs> Where is an everlasting home? In other words, I have used my possession on this earth. I have used that which is natural like riches and, 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 and money and any possession. But I have used it to influence others for the sake of eternity. That which is unrighteous. You know that money can be used you know, in so many ways. You can pick up some money and be smelling drugs. And smelling marijuana. It can be used for, for any kind of thing, but you are taking that money and you are using it for the kingdom of God to influence others into the kingdom of God, listen, and has eternal value. You see what I'm saying? How can you use your money for that? I'll, I'm, I'm going to make a certain statement. Is that clear? Yes. All right. Now look at this thing here. Another statement I'm going to make: the first one you develop a heavenly perspective, the second one you become heaven influenced, the third one you become eternity minded, and the fourth one you'll use your possessions on what has eternal value. I'm saying it again. You'll use your possessions. I can even emphasize from that scripture: you'll use your possessions on what has eternal value. That's what I want. Use your possessions on what has eternal value. Let's go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. In verse 31. Let's read some scriptures over here. Now look at this. This is a person who's looking at things more than just earthly flesh and blood. It's doing things for the future. you see that? Church, the more we become heavenly minded, the more we are being influenced by the glory of God to influence others for the kingdom of God. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, what does he say? What is the first word? Huh? What is the first word? That is guaranteed one day will happen, church. That is like tomorrow coming. It's guaranteed. Just like the sun is going to shine tomorrow, we'll have the sun. He says, when? There is a day that is coming. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and you will separate from them, uh, them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the gods. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the gods on the left. Then the king will say to those in his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I'm using my food to feed the hunger. is that good? Amen. Oh Amen. Amen. Yes. I, I tell people, if you want to know where your heart is concerning food, is when you've served, you are being served with the best meal, your delicious meal, and it's the only portion you have and someone enters in. Do you want deliverance? Take the whole of it. and give. When you feel like this is my last meal, take the whole of it and give to the pastor. I want to give. Say, no, 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 no. I want, no, no, I'm okay. I say, no, you are not. I'm going to give this to you. No, but, no, no, please. You, you eat. This is your seed. And when you're asking people for things, especially when you know they, they need them, don't ask once. And and don't ask these questions. Can I give you food? No. I'm not going to eat such kind of food. Those kind of food can cause food poisoning. My mom taught that really. In fact, kind of like my home, my mom would say this. Serve the food. Take it to the person. Bring it over there. Let them refuse. But you've offered. That's generosity, church. Will you have my dress? Are you really sewing it? Do you really like it? And you have the expression in your face, do you really want food? In other words, if you said no, it will be better. That's exactly what it means. If you really, you're generous, insist. Until the person says, I- I'm serious. I am right, okay. I am telling you from my heart, I'm okay. Now, that's generosity. If Abraham didn't do that, when the angels were on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah, he could not have gotten the results that God wanted him to have. But he insisted. And even when they were saying they were going, he insisted and he gave them food. And after they ate, they spoke. That's the way food brings prophecies. So he says I was hungry and you gave me food listen I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in I was naked and you clothed me I was sick and you visited me I was in prison and you came to me I want that and listen this then the righteous will answer him saying Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink when did you see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did you see you sick or in prison and you came to you? And the king will answer and say to them, I say to you, listen, you did it on earth. You did it to people. But this one has eternal value. He said this, inasmuch as you did it to one of these, one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now think about, you, you start finding in a way that you're walking in town, you're doing whatever you're doing, you have a mind set of eternity. Your heart shifted. There is, you have provoked, listen, generosity right inside of you. You're thinking, doing something as unto the Lord you'll find that you'll come to church with enthusiasm. Because I'm going to worship us unto the Lord. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That's the one that I'm looking for, enthusiasm. Now look at this then. You're using your possessions on what as what? Eternal value. Let's go to verse 45. Then the rest came in over there and they said, uh, then we'll answer them saying, those are the goats." As Allah say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And then he says this. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into what? So there's a place there for judgment of what we did and didn't do. So then look at this. works. Don't bring you into salvation. But our salvation will provoke works out of you. And those works have rewards. Because I've I've done those works because of the Lord. Good works won't bring you salvation. But a saved person who has accepted the life being changed by receiving Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, good works should accompany them. You see that? And those things have eternal value. Because I'm doing them as unto the Lord. I'm not doing, remember we we dealt with that during the time of prayer and fasting. I'm not doing for anyone to see me. I'm doing it for the Lord. And he says this, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, I have done them to me. Wow, I want that. Amen. Amen. Now look at this then. Let's, let's go to the next one. Ask your neighbor, are you still awake? Yes. Remember, remember. tell them you remember they, you have to defeat anything else. <laughs> you have to listen to the end. Now look at this then. Why are you still there? Yes. Alright now. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the next thing, some of the things that will happen in your life when you lay up yourself for yourself treasures in heaven, remember where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the other things that will happen, you will value your heavenly citizenship. You will value your heavenly citizenship. The believers that even go to places, you won't know if they are saved or not. They have no testimony. Why? They don't know what that means. It's not a revelation. You will value your citizenship. You realize your citizenship, your heavenly citizenship is more important than anything else. Listen, in, in heaven you'll be not known. You are from Russia or from Kenya or from England. You will be known as a heavenly citizen. And we are supposed to have that mindset right here on this earth. A heavenly citizen citizen, receives his provision from where? Remember that. Remember that. You are sent to a place as an ambassador. That's exactly what happens. Your provision is coming from your mother country. That's what I want. Mother country taking care of me. You should see angels that come around you. You should look at those angels sometimes just coming around. You know, you're walking down, you know, going to town. And others, you know, who are not born again, they they don't have that protection. But for you, you have those angels with the fires in their eyes and and coming right around you. And my goodness, sometimes they are big, just big around you. You're standing there queuing in a supermarket and they're just there. They're looking at you. Oh, I want that kind of citizenship. You start praying in tongues. Some of them now increase around you. More activities. You, the more you confess the word of God, the more angels now are even provoked. They hearken to the voice of his word. They are all around you. If you start thinking of angelic protection in wherever you are, you'll smile. Not this way. You're smiling around. Why? This heavenly presence, this heavenly protection wherever you go. That's your citizenship. You she see them at night when you are asleep. God loves you. That is provided. Listen, everything for you and I, church. If you just saw one angel working for you you realize you have no need anymore. There's no need to worry. Can you think of, you know, a a child of the king worrying for 100,000 shillings? And they don't sleep. (laughs) Why are you yawning at, at 10 or 5 when the service has just begun? I didn't sleep last night. What are you doing awake? God doesn't slumber or sleep. You are also awake two of you are awake. Why? <laughs> now look at this. But heavenly minded, you, you, you value your citizenship. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Look at these scriptures carefully, please. Read from the ENAV, that's all. Okay, now look at this. Brethren, join in following my example, this Apostle Paul writing. And not those who so walk as you have us For a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction, whose God with a small g is what? Is what? Their belly. Their stomach. They only think about what they are going to eat. And whose glory is in their shame. Why is that so? Listen. Let's read that all together. Who said... Their mind on earthly things. That's what they do. Laying up treasures on earth. Remember, it says, For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. So, this kind of a people, the only thing their God is their belly. They have no eternal mentality. They have no eternity mentality. They have no heavenly mentality at all. They set their mind on earthly things. You've seen my clothes. You know, last week I got even some money from a, a certain man. I bought another plot. And you know, you know, my mobile phone stays on the on, on the table. You, you know, have you seen this phone? You know, the people that talk that way completely, everything carnal. My phone, my shoes, my 10 pairs of shoes, my new dress, which came from Europe the other day, my new plot, the other one I got from, uh, you know, somewhere in Githunguri, I bought another one land, and, and the other side I also bought in, a, in a, you know, in Kapiti Plains, and I know you think, like, why are you going even very far? <laughs> <laughs> No, nothing wrong with my, all that. But, but you understand, they are earthly minded. The people that you, you stay around and you, you realize, man, I'm tired. <laughs> There's that individual I had like, that person talks about themselves the whole day, nothing about the word. You feel drained. Why is that so? Earthly things. Have you ever been people that you have, you know, you sit down to talk with and, and they, you, you, you realize the presence of God is there. You come out of that and you feel like, man, I'm full. And after, after you, you come out of that place, you want to go and pray. You've ever had people like those? You know, you come out of the restaurant and all that comes out of you is crushed. You know, you feel like your faith has been challenged. I want such kind of people around me. Young lady, you want to know who, who, the right man to, ma- to marry? You don't go with those people who talk about themselves. I'm a self-made man. I build up a business by myself. You are getting married to a son of the devil, and the devil will become your father-in-law. <laughs> That's what did, yeah. They are selfish. They talk about themselves. Everything is about themselves, of how you know I can take you to a place and on, on and on and on. You get married to such a man who's full of himself, you're in a big problem. Ladies, I thought you were going to say, yes, pastor, hallelujah, I will not marry such a pastor. Don't allow such. Listen, listen, church. Listen, young ladies, and listen, young men. You meet with them, you sit down with them, and you can sense the presence of God. You can't sense if they are not born again. So let's start right over there. Don't sit down and talking and talking. you are meeting them when they're not even born again. Are they born again? I don't know, but, but he's a good man. Forget about that. Forget about that. Their mind is set on earthly things. And let's go to the next thing. It says this. But. Come on. Where is our citizenship? That's where our treasure is at. That's where our hearts are. That's where our perspective is at. That's where we draw from. That's where we wait upon the Lord to grant us anything. It's because our citizenship is in heaven. And listen. We eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. Will transform our lowly bodies. So that, so that they will be like his glorious body. That's my expectation. That's my expectation. That's my faith. That's my, that's my mentality. I'm looking at the eternity. I have that perspective. Thank God for good homes, good vehicles, good clothes, gold, huge accounts. But listen, there's one which does not fade away. Well, God go to heaven, will not need to be changing clothes every time. Do you know why we change clothes every time here? Because they smell at some point. In heaven, there's no smell. Dirty smell. Fresh fragrance i want that amen fresh fragrance amen. you know the way they fumigate a dead body you know they keep putting everything on it and still smells now in heaven there are no any kind of smells you can tell someone you're smelling sweat there's no sweat now that's a place to be that's heavenly our the, the bible calls it these bodies our lowly bodies so that they will be like they will be transformed to be like his but Now, as we are coming close to the end, let's see. So the first one is what? You develop what? Heavenly perspective. You become heavenly influenced. You become eternity minded. You'll use your possessions on what has eternal value. You'll value a heavenly citizenship. Just keep your testimony. And then the other, listen to this. This is a good one. You'll have the kingdom of God as priority and heavily invest in it. You will have the kingdom of God as your priority and heavily invest in it. You'll invest heavily in the kingdom of God. You look for opportunities to give. you'll have the kingdom of God as priority and heavily invest in it. I can, I can say for sure, I think, uh, Tina and I, there's nothing we've invested uh, more than the kingdom of God. We've given our lives more than, than and, and, and everything really we have, we're ready to give it into the kingdom of God than anything else. I want that. I want that kind of investment. Let's go to the scripture in Matthew chapter 13. Again, the kingdom of God is like what? Treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Why is that so? The kingdom of God is his number one priority. In other words, he's selling everything, every possession he has to invest in God's kingdom. You see that? You see the connection? Remember I say that you'll value, you will value, you will have the kingdom of God as priority and heavily invest in it. That's an investment, church. Let me give you an example. If you had an investment worth like uh, 300 million shillings. Is that good? Yeah? And then I tell you, then you realize there's another investment over here. And you have an investment, let's say, like you are invested in an area, there's 300 million shillings, and there's another place also with 100 million shillings, and there's another one for 500 million shillings. You have three investments. But now you come over here and you find there's this one which you know is genuine, which you know is true, which you know has more value, and you'll receive back more than even those three investments. Then you do this you go. Sell all those three investments and bring all that money to this one place. <coughs> Why is that so? It's the value. It's the worth that you've, you've given to, towards what? This one investment you're buying. God says this. That the, Jesus says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure. Treasure hidden in a field. In other words, you are ready to leave everything else for the sake of the kingdom. Just think about this. Let me me give something that you can think of. Think about something that you have. Just go before the Lord and think in in this manner. Lord, is there anything that if you ask me to give, I can't give? Go and think that way. Is there anything, Lord, that if you tell me not to give, I can't? Ask him. You know, you can't lie to yourself. You can lie to the Lord, of course. Just ask Him and let Him speak to you. What did God tell Abraham? Your only son, Isaac, give him to me. Go sacrifice him. The only son, go sacrifice him. And Abraham had no questions, he obeyed God. Just think in those terms. Just think in those terms. That's why I tell people, if you're giving something, anyone anyone, something. If it's money you're giving to people, like let's say, like, I will return next week. Be in a place like in this manner. If they never return it, that will not affect my relationship. That's like a seed. You think that way. If that which you are giving out is going to affect your relationship, don't give that money. Because to so many people, by the way, who borrow, who borrow is mostly a pattern. I'm not talking about anyone here. These are children of God, heavenly citizens. I'm talking about people out there. Usually it's a pattern. Has anyone ever borrowed to you? And they say, I'll return it next week. And then the next week week, usual doesn't come. And then after some point, you realize they did the same to another guy over there. They say, that's usually not the problem. They have a pattern, a thinking pattern of borrowing. And they never return. I remember one morning, and ah, uh, will uh, never forget that. The Lord started speaking to me, telling me that I don't want you to borrow from any person. Okay. I don't want even to appear to people like you don't have. Okay. I thought that was a joke. You understand? I, I knew I appeared that way, but I don't want, to, I don't want even to talk that way. You've had people talk in this manner, like, say, I'm believing God for 100,000. And they know. They tell you of how they're believing. They are not believing, they are asking. Yeah. <laughs> the more they talk that way, the more you pretend you are saying, okay, that's fine. But look at this. Then, but that was not my church. But it was using my, I was using my faith. Here I am in Den, Dandora, first five. I was in phase four. Now, I was in first five. Look at this. First five was better. From there, crisis hit, I went to phase four. <laughs> now, that's not from glory to glory. That is one side, you go to that. Nothing wrong with Dandora. The people are living good in Dandora, but the Dandora I lived was not the best. Now, look at this. Here I am, and usually, such kind of mentality, you befriend the shopkeeper. You ever been there? I'm the only one. who you, you grew up in Lovington and Kilelech and all those places. I'm the only one who came from this other side of the town, yeah? Okay, fine. Let me explain to you since you don't know. <laughs> uh, you befriend, such, usually you befriend the shopkeeper. So there's a mama over here used to buy, you know, half loaf. You know, that's half loaf. That is... Mega, breakthrough, half loaf. No, no full loaf. Half loaf, one egg. You know, you know, you know that kind of budget. So anyway, I went over there and I'll buy. And I realized at some point when the Lord started telling me, I don't want you to borrow. I don't want you to get into debt. I'll go, you know, that time I said, Mama, how are you? You know, those ones, those ones you are standing over there, but you have to wait until everyone goes. <laughs> it's never good. Borrowing is never of God. And then I, I, you know, stayed over there. And you ask, uh, may I get please a half, you know, uh, half loaf and a kilo and all that. And okay, when will you bring the money? I'll bring as soon as I have. Please don't delay. I won't delay, mama. And you go home. So he started telling me, don't do that. Don't do that. It wasn't much money. But I'm telling you, I didn't have it. Then one morning, Saturday morning, a brother visited me. And I wanted them to feel, this was my motive. I want them to feel like I can buy something. I didn't have money. But I could buy something and let them eat in my house. I didn't have money. But I, that was for them. Mostly for me, not for them even. For me, that was my motive was wrong. Then what do I do? I leave the house. I don't even ask him. I go to the kiosk and I ask for things, bread, you know, egg and bun, and oh no, 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 and I didn't have that money. And I come back to the house. I remember that brother was called Daniel. I come back to the house and say, Daniel, I'm going towards the corner. That's my kitchen where there's a stove, a kerosene stove. That was my kitchen. I'm going out. He said, What are you doing? I said, I'm preparing for you. Somebody said, You could have asked me, I've just had tea. I said, No, but Daniel, you, you need to have. said, No, I've, I've just had tea. You could have asked me. It was like an angel was moving him out of the door. And sure, he left me with a date. <laughs> he left me right there for something I didn't know how to pay for it. And the Lord said this, I have been telling you. That day I finished that thing of shopkeepers and have never gone back. I've never gone back. That was the end of it, right over there. But how grateful I am years later that I obeyed God in that little thing which was so difficult that I don't have to think of anyone giving me anything, but I can trust God to bring things that I need. And it's amazing, he's never late. He shows up just on time. Why am I saying that? How did I go, Brother Francis, you can take it up from me. <laughs> Let's see if we can finish it up. Why am I saying that? You'll have what? Oh, laying treasures. You, you, you find that everything you do is for the kingdom. Really, you start expecting from God. I see another point over here is this. You are... Oh, let's go to the other scripture, please. 40, 40, is it 45? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking... Beautiful pearls. What does he do? Who when he has found one pile of great price went and sold all that he had and Bought it The kingdom of God becomes your priority and you heavily invest in it the last ones the, the last thing that will happen According to my notes so much more listen your total life your life changes totally Your life changes totally. Is that English? Okay. Your life changes totally. This is what will change. Listen, your expectations change. You're not looking at men to do anything for you. Your expectations change. What happens? Your level of trust goes up. You can trust the Lord. You can say, I trust God, and you know exactly that's what you're talking about. Your trust trust level goes up. What else changes? Among other things, your faith becomes stronger. You're not looking for men to fix anything for you. You're looking at God. Why? That's where my treasure is. That's where my heart is. Where is faith? Faith is in the heart. Believing is in the heart. What is happening? Your heart is full of heavenly thinking. Your faith grows stronger. What happens? Physically also, you become strong. You're not carrying cares and anxieties. Why is that so? You have found the source of all things. You have found the source of all things. You have known how to download heavenly treasures to earth. Amen. You know how to. What is it that you, you've come to, to understand? You have found the source of all things. Let's read that scripture then, Colossians 2, 3. Listen to this scripture over here. In whom, who's Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom, Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and that's where your heart is is fixed on him in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge tell me one thing that you don't know when you have him in place tell me of something that you cannot do no one says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in whom. You have found the source of all things. The source of all treasures. The source of all wisdom that you'll ever need in life. The source of all decisions that you'll make, ever make in, make in life. Is You are relying on him. He's the rock. He's my salvation. He's everything I need. In him I live and move and have my being. I've found him. You remember when they told Nathaniel, come, we found the man. That's what you say. I found the man. I found the man where we can get all solutions of life. I found him. I can trust him with my heart and I can trust him with my treasures and I can trust him with my heart. You've ever had people say, you know, I gave him my heart. I really trusted him. He broke my heart. You've ever heard people say that? You are giving it to the wrong person. <laughs> Come on. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not insensitive to anyone whose heart has been broken. But you know, initially you start realizing, I mean, usually every sign of that is not going to happen. But we keep thinking like it's going to change. They broke my heart. And then I found this one. I thought this was a brother in church. He even broke my heart. I don't know if he's even saved. And he's in church. You know, but let me tell you something. If you trust him, he will never, ever, ever break your heart. You'll trust him. You know the kind of attitude that Job had? Sometimes you need to understand, Job was not able to read Job chapter 1. You understand that? He didn't know what was happening in the spirit realm. But remember, when everything had been taken, his 10 children are killed. Everything he had had been Destroyed by the devil, he says this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked I came, naked will I live. Don't ever say that. That is Job we didn't understand. Remember, you can't say it because you read Job chapter 1. So you can't, keep, you can't go say, God has given and God has taken. Bless his holy name. No. God didn't take anything from him. The devil did. The devil did by his attitude. Even when the wife say, hey, do you still hold on your integrity? Cast God and die. He said, no. You You are talking like one of these foolish women around. His heart was fixed, trusting in God. Listen, all the earthly treasures had been destroyed, but his heart was ever with God. Remember, God gave a testimony concerning him. He fears God and he stills evil he trusted god when everything was destroyed he still set his heart in god and what did god do he restored him completely that's how it's supposed to be church you place your your your, your heart on earthly uh, you know earthly you have earthly mentality you'll be hurt all the time there are people that you'll do things for and they will never pay you back and they will talk bad about you and you'll be hurt. But if you did it as unto the Lord, you will not be hurt. Right. I did it to the Lord. I believed I did it to the Lord. I mean, uh, God, you know, what? When, when you spoke to me, you told me to do it. So they're talking bad about it, but you did it. It's you who told me to do it. That's fine. And I did it as unto you, Father, and I will not even answer them back because I was doing it unto you you are my vindicator Amen. what happens is your total your life totally changes listen you you find that your riches is in glory by christ jesus seed time and harvest become what you live by they just shall live by faith this is a higher life in christ This is your way of thinking. Your expectation is in God. Your treasure is in him. Your heart is in him. He's influencing your life. He's changing your way of thinking. You're acting according to the word. Heaven is affecting your life. And you are changing lives around you. And in all that, when all is said and done, I have eternal treasure. I have eternal reward. The last scripture over here in Mark chapter, chapter, chapter 10, it says this. Listen of the guarantee of Jesus. When the rich young ruler came to him and said, you know, uh, what can I do that i may inherit eternal life? And Jesus told them, he said all those things he was doing. And God, Jesus told him, one thing you lack. Go sell what you have, then you'll have treasures in heaven. And he went sad because he had what? Great possessions. I like saying it this way, because the great possessions had his heart. He couldn't give it out. Jesus, listen to what Jesus told his disciples. He says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished. They were astonished. And then this is what he says. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Listen. When you trust God, God says this. If you can trust him with your possessions... If you can only trust Him, even the impossible things becomes possible in Him. There are things that possessions cannot buy. We could have had people who who have lots of wealth still alive today. Why is that so? Because death shows up and they say, no, death, wait. You see, people become corrupt until death shows up. They cannot corrupt. You can you imagine if you're able to see death and people have money? you say, A death? Can you give me five, some five years? I'll give you five million dollars. And they say, fine, we'll come back after five years. What will happen to the poor? <laughs> no sooner death appears than they disappear. <laughs> but think about this. This one place, when he shows up, uh, maybe we'll go there next week. Of that, of that uh, foolish man whose land had uh, had yielded plentifully, when he says, "My soul eat and enjoy, be at ease," God spoke that night to say, "Fool, you are dying tonight, and we will take everything that you have said for yourself." <laughs> I do think. I do think this. I'll uh, I'll continue next week. Now, you see if you are saying you are thinking. I'm taking long. We are seeing your thoughts over right over there. Quiet. <laughs> can you see those? <laughs> but, but look at this. this. This is what I think, and probably we'll go into it next week. You've had four years of wealth transfer, transfer from sinners to the righteous. Yes. Do you believe it's for every believer? No. No. I do believe the laying up treasures in heaven is such a key to the wealth transfer from sinners to the righteous. What do sinners do with the wealth? They, they, they hoard. Do you know what hoarding is? In commerce, I think it's the word in commerce. So hoarding is just storing up, piling up for themselves. Is that so? That's what that man was doing in Luke chapter 12. Storing up for himself. But why is that so? Who actually is in control of that wealth? Who? Which God? The devil. Anything that is laid up for selfish reasons, the devil is behind it. Why? It's not profiting anyone except self. So whose wealth? Whose hands is that wealth? Come on. The devil. But look at this. Why would it be in the hands of a believer? Because the believer will take that wealth and he'll use it for the kingdom and transfer it from moth, from rust, from thieves into the heavenly account where there's no moth, there's no rust, there's no thief. Who will it influence? Many to the glory of God. I'm going to tell you some things about tithing and giving of offerings next week. Don't miss that part. Because that's so important, church, in, in, in that wealth transfer. That the Lord says this, I will show you. Listen, in him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Then he says this, I will show you where things are being hidden. And I'll bring them to you because I can trust you with them. I know where your heart is at. Your heart is not in earthly things. Your heart is in heavenly things. And if I place this wealth into your hands, you will transfer it to the heavenly treasures because that's where your heart is at. And when I'm asking you for it, you will give it out. Those are the kind of people. Listen, he's coming back for a glorious church. He's not coming for a weak, poor indebted church. He's coming for a glorious church. And we better be setting our minds right to receive heavenly perspective and be ready for wealth. Amen. You know you can be trusted with that wealth. So Jesus answered and said, when all that was said, he says this, he, he told his disciples, I, I say to you that there is what? Let's say it together. No one There is no one who has left his house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake. And the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. No one. God tells you this. I'm guaranteeing you, if you leave everything for my sake and for the Gospels, you will never outdo me. I will return it back to you a hundredfold. Why is that so? I have your heart. I have your treasure. And I have your heart. That's what God is looking for. Preach myself for happy choir. (laughs) I have your heart. I have your treasure, I have your heart. If you trust me with your treasure, you're trusting me with your heart. And because of that, I can influence your heart and I can show you all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And you have that, what Brother uh, uh, Andrew said, you'll have that image of heaven and produce. What does Matthew 12 say? He says this, a good man out of what? The good treasure of his heart. Brings forth what? Good things. So you realize then you have that treasure. Listen, you have that treasure in God. You have that heart. Your heart is in God. Is influenced by heavenly thinking. Your words have power. I'm going to show you next week. You know why I'm telling you that? So that you can't stay away from church next week. In the next uh, TV episode, next Sunday, you can stay away from it. Why is that so? God wants to influence your life. Anyone who wants treasure, anyone who wants to be influenced by heaven, you better be ready to change your way of thinking. Amen. Amen. That you don't negotiate concerning tithing. What happened? You know, you know, Pastor, sometimes I tithe, sometimes I don't. You all those things once and for all. There's no, sometimes you tithe, sometimes you don't. Tell me, sometimes you breathe, sometimes you don't breathe. Where will you be? Stand up on your feet, please.